Welcome to this episode of RF Industry Icons podcast. I'm Pat Hindle, and today I'm talking with AJ Podar, Chief Scientist at Synergy Microwave, and also Professor, Lecturer, and IEEE Fellow. Welcome, AJ. Thank you, Mr. Pat Hindle, for inviting me and giving me the opportunity for a wonderful platform. Microvision that is close to my heart for long times. And I grew and during my career and during undergrad, grad, I read many articles which shaped my future today I am. Thank you very much. So let's start with the early years. Can you tell us about growing up in India and how you first developed an interest in science and technology and also your education and affiliations with industry and academic institutions? Because I know there's many. Well, Mr. Pat, it is very, uh, you know, inquiring questions. I was born in India in a farmer and agriculture family. and, and most of the farmers in those days were very poorly because lack of electricity, lack of proper tools, there was no tractors. Uh, my birthplace called Dhamdaha, I would like to mention, is remotely located in district Purnia state, Bihar in India, which is nearby border of Nepal country. During my childhood, I spent time with my grandparents and neighbor and helped them in agriculture fields, I learned basic things about organic farming from my grandparents and, and, and you know, never, all of my colleagues there in, during childhood. I went to primary school in my village, which was very much remotely located. In general, in all the children situated in open, uh, they studied in open space because of lack of proper classrooms, and also there was no electricity at night. Life in remote villages was very hard, not easy as compared to the city life in India, and there was a large gap in the standard of living uh, between village area and city area. My parents encouraged me towards STEM education and also helped me to understand the benefit of volunteering service for helping the local community. Uh, that's what I understood the what is meaning of real life. I found working in the agriculture field involved very hard work without proper tools and men, uh, there were a lot of manual labor involved, electricity needed and tractors for the smart agriculture. I had a great desire to help underprivileged school students because I, I went to the school with them. Uh, therefore, STEM education and engineering became very much natural choice. I was motivated for scientific work by great scientists. I was studying like Michael Faraday, Nikola Tesla, Mary Curie, others. And all of when I studied their biography, they had a very, very hard life, tough life during childhood. Not proper school. They have to, you know, Michael Faraday was bookbinder. He used to study book while binding. Who were struggling for basic things needed for life in their childhood. And also, and the life of Mother Teresa influenced me a lot for volunteering service for the humanity and underprivileged community. I gradually developed an interest in science and technology, intending to improve the quality of life of the underprivileged while advancing in technology should establish its resolution. Unfortunately, there is a substantial portion of population worldwide that does not have even access to some of the basic stuff like food, clean water, electricity, internet, mobile phone, and other that many of us take for granted. In my opinion, admission to these basic things to improve the quality of life being considered to the human right. Uh, that was the basic thrust generated inside me to go for the you know, elect, uh, engineering profession. I would like to share my educational background and affiliation briefly. I'm an IEEE fellow, graduated in electronics communication engineering from National Institute of Technology, Calicut, India, Master of Technology from IIT Delhi, India, and doctorate, which is called Doctor in Inc. from Technical University of Berlin, then postdoctorate, which abbreviated Doctor in Havel from Brandenburg Technical University, Cottbus, Germany. From 1991 to 2001, I have worked as a senior scientist in Defense Research Development Organization in India. From 2001, I have been working as a chief scientist at Synergy Microwave Corporation, New Jersey, 
responsible for design and development of single generation, single processing electrics, and variety of product which is based on optoelectronics, MEMS, and other, other techniques used for medical and space applications. I am also serving as a visiting professor of Oredia University, Romania, Indian Institute of Technology, Jammu, and guest lecturer at Technical University, Munich, and other part of the world, and also member of advisory committee in several academic institutions to make sure the STEM education becomes the prime education right from pre-university and school age so that engineering becomes the you know solution for the improving the poverty and creating new jobs. So you mentioned that you went to IIT in Delhi, India for your studies at one point. What were your interests at that time? Well, because uh, IIT was a very premier institute, just like you know, in United States, you have MIT, Harvard kind of things. And it was my dream and I got it admission. So I was very happy to do something different for the society. When I went to IIT to graduate my study, I used to read, there was a lot of landmines, you know, casualty it was happening in country like Sri Lanka and other part of the world. And that casualty caused land and different parts of the world. Landmines was very much, you know, creating a, a, in my mind, like a lot of curiosity, how to detect them and make make them unuseful because otherwise many animals like human beings are going to walk on the, this one and they become the casualty. So if you, uh, like landmines and explosives, rampants of the war victims occur in every region of the world, causing a large number of sufferers and injuries to both human and animals. Landmines are rarely removed and new mines are being laid under the soil and water in the region as and when conflict begins. Agrian, wanderers, herders and animals are the ones who suffer most from the arbitrary use of landmines. Mine clearance practice is costly, also not free from fatalities. These issues led to my interest in studying electronic detections and know-how for accident-free disposal of mines. Microwave electronics, radar, signal generation, and signal processing electrons are prerequisites to study for development of sensor and landmine detections. I was very lucky and fortunate to be supervised and guided by my honorable teacher, Professor Ms. Bhartivar, now retired from IIT Delhi. She was working in care department in India. She was different, actively involved in mentoring the young generation, and her teaching helped many graduate students to gain deeper insight into the life cycles and understand electronics and microengineering to address the environmental and humanitarian issue. During my graduate engineering program at IIT Delhi, she motivated me to focus on affordable engineering technology, which is biomedical electronics, radar, and wireless communication for offsetting poverty and hunger and promoting clean water and sanitation climate actions, affordable and clean energy, human well-being, economic growth, and responsible consumption and production, uh, ecosystem or planet, or if not, uh, like one more thing. However, new technology also can undermine hope and destroy the ecosystem or planet, or if not used appropriately. For example, increased level of air and water pollution, energy consumption in terms of their production, and associated electronic waste cause issue of systematic long-term risk. The use of new technology would be a good vehicle for sustainable development, but they also raise thought-provoking questions. These were the brainstorming sessions going on during, when we are doing the master project with Professor Bharti Bhatt, and uh, there was question was coming. Uh, if you develop some of the project, what is the, what is the long-term impact instead of military industrial use, how it is impacting the humanity? So that was my first project was to interest develop in radars, signal processing, uh, and then uh, signal generations to we should have able to detect the mines and dispose without causing damage even under the sea, under the under, under water, under the wastelands and uh, all other places which are arbitrarily you know, placed over there. So I was very much concerned why the innocent people should die and have a casualty for not their fault. 
Well, that's putting technology to good use. So you also mentioned that you worked at the Defense Research and Development Organization for India, working on many scientific projects there, I think you including KA and X-band radar. Uh, what experience did you have there and what was the most interesting project that you worked on? Uh, well, I have worked on several scientific projects at DRDO, uh, which is abbreviated as Defense Research and Development Organization of India. As I said that my fundamental instinct was to learn science and technology and look for the opportunity to apply for the benefit of humanity. And I was looking for the places whether I should join for industrial, academic, and military establishment. When I joined to military establishment, I, was, I had a conflict of mind whether I'm working for the humanitarian application, whether I'm working for missiles or rocket other program. But, the, but very interesting, historically, all the important science and engine projects begin for military application at, and at defense establishment and later applied for in commercial application. Uh, that that intrigued my desire, okay, this is the first place where invention happens. For example, internet, the ARPANET was established by the Advanced Research Project Agency ARPA of United States Department of Defense, building on the idea of JCR leader Bob Taylor, initiated the ARPANET projects in 1962 to enable access to the remote computer. Now, uh, this has given the fruit we are in 5G internet application of the entire world is using. So every single up, every single invention, more than they know, the worldwide deficit has started from military establishment. The opportunity of working on the radar projects, helping designing the signal generation and signal processing electronics for transmitter receiver models for defense, industrial, aerospace, and medical application. The most interesting project was FMCWR, which I discussed because I wanted to have a technology which can detect the landmine without causing any casualty because it is it is not secure because you know at least 10 percent during the disposal the casualty happens so i was looking for the frequency which is more suitable so work on these sensor especially 35 64 94 approximate sensor what you know best project which you did then rf maps metamobius couple strip for antenna application signal processing electrons if you see the landmine uh, the electromagnetic wave doesn't propagate so we have to go for lower frequency so we are discussing for pressure mine various kind of mines then finding the window of opportunity uh, like uh, which frequency sweet frequency so they can penetrate depends upon you know, soil mass other kind of things so that integrate me in going in the transmitter receiver signal generation signal processing electronics field and for your PhD, you attended the Technical University Berlin in Germany. Why did you decide to leave India and go there instead of staying? I was enrolled in PhD program in IIT Delhi because I was, I was continuing. But at that time, I, know I thought I'll develop the MEMS-based uh, MEMS -based signal sensor application, but the foundry was not available. During 1990, India was lacking very much foundry support for developing the integrated chip solution for emerging RF MEMS technology and peripheral electronics to support uh, technology-driven project. I left India for pursuing higher study and also the opportunity for working in the company that provides the freedom of research work, not only limited to commercial and military application, but also scientific contribution targeting humanitarian application. And in Germany and America, you know, it's an it's opportunity of the land. It gives you the, you know, uh, you know, both features because whatever you can drive, you can transfer to the humanitarian applications. And then you came to the U.S. and to work at Synergy Microwave with Ulrich Rohde. Is that how you met him there, or was it some other person who inspired you to come to the U.S.? Uh, it, it's very interesting. I used to read Dr. Rohde's book, like especially PLS synthesizers, I think published during 1978-80, uh, during my undergrad program. Uh, the reason why I was studying, it was not the, a part of the course curriculum because I would like to I would like to develop the you know sensor for the mine detection. So I was looking for synthesized solutions. So uh, during 1986-90, I did the undergrad and then I did this synthesized book by my own. 
and was following his research area on signal generation, signal processing electron. And at that time, he was pioneered in developing all, you know, his main interest was in the frequency generation, frequency sources, and also he developed the compact CAD, and that gives you the simulation program. And I was I was heavily working on HPESOP also. So uh, HPESOP was very good at the time. If I remember correctly, Professor D. Sundarajan convinced me to join Synergy Microwave. Professor Sundarajan, Professor Roden, and I published several papers on Mobius strips and application in signal generation and signal process electron. Sadly, Professor Sundarajan passed away untimely in 2014. He is dearly missed. The scientific journey in Synergy Microwave was has been very rewarding to me. Dr. Rodin, I have worked on several research projects that include DARPA, SPARE project, and many other projects in the last 20, 40, 20 years. And we published jointly 250 plus scientific papers in journal, international conference, and at least uh, at least three to four dozen paper in macro journal also. And uh, over two dozen patents and co-authored three technical books and half a dozen books are under contract with while in other processing. So it was very rewarding. We had jointly attended many conferences, Dr. Rode, but it was in, not in person talk. But if I name the person, Professor Sundarajan, who convinced me to join, because he, at the time, Dr. Rode was working on signal processing in the generation, which was needed for my radar and other projects. So as you've mentioned, you've done some revolutionary work at Synergy. Now, the first one that comes to my mind is the Mobius Metamaterial-inspired energy-efficient electronic circuits. And Synergy recently released the Mobius coupled dielectric resonator oscillators to the market as a result. Uh, what inspired you to research this area and what advantages does that type of technology have for oscillators? I'm very interesting question of well because you and I uh, have been talking at least last 10 years of technology and I want to thank you for giving all the opportunity to you know uh, publish all the good thing in your journals. And if I start because during my undergraduate and at least my postdoctoral research work was based on Mobius metamaterial inspired energy efficient electron circuits for application single generation single processing electronic. If you look back uh, 25 years back, uh, the oscillator was in big size, like 1.5, 1.3 inch, and then it becomes one inch, then 0.75. Now it is 0.3 inch, we have reduced the thing. And the cost, you know, and if its market becomes so competitive, the signal generation, single generation unit, like frequency of os os the frequency you use to sell in 20 years back in $50, now, you know, customer driven, they ask from five to $10. So price is 110 down. They ask performance, the phase noise performance, they wanted to have 20 dB, 30 dB better, and 20 dB more. So we have to look for certain technology which, which gives uh, this kind of performance, and also how can have a cost, comprom cost compromise, like without compromising the performance. If you compare like ceramic resonator, dielectric resonator, EEG resonator, all saw resonator, that is very expensive. And uh, you cannot get the frequency which you like all the time, so you have to tune them, and that becomes a lot of manual effect. And also, when you tune them, the phase noise deteriorates, and they have thermal drift, also other problems. So I was looking for the solution, which I can make a one kind of you know variation. I, I can tune the frequency very wide band so that it will become user friendly, user turnable, and without you know without asking many uh, NRA and other costs involved. So if we, uh, that's what energy efficient, then power efficient, because uh, the current and other things becomes very much you know uh, demanding parameter because we have to reduce the power, reduce the current. So that was the main theme to go um, uh, beyond from the discrete regenerator, which is namely saw, uh, ceramic regenerator, dielectric regenerator, crystal regenerator, and, and yuge regenerator to look for the, some other solution. For example, dielectric regenerator, for example, exhibits a high quality factor and have been used in high spectral purity signal source at RF and macro frequency. However, the dielectric regenerator requires 
especially precise machining for fabrication, careful placement of the dialect puck for optimal coupling, and involves manual mechanical tuning of the DR for desired frequency oscillation. The Mobius metamaterial inspired DR allows ease in fabrication, reduction in size, improved figure of merit, and low cost power efficiency in the source solution. The Mobius metamaterial inspired DR would develop as energy microwave are used widely in military and commercial applications, including wireless LAN and other communication systems, test and measurement, electronic warfare, and missiles, radar, and medical electronics. And it, we can very well scale the frequency up. The current and emerging markets demand high frequency to enable signal sources at X-band and carbon frequency, which is not doable by fixed frequency regions like DR and optoelectron oscillators, whatever you think of. If you have a comparable technology, EG, which requires a lot of power, a lot of current, and you have a electromagnetic interference, all other issues and vibration issues. I have worked on voltage control oscillators with a wide tuning range and low phase noise, which is needed to support 5G and IoT with operating frequency up to 60 gigahertz and more. The patented oscillator design using metamaterial to obtain high Q resonators and use of Mobius loop as a way to tune the frequency has proven to be very effective as the frequency increases. More recently, my contribution on metamaterial inspired Mobius resonator loop, MIMO antenna, RF MEMS electronics, optoelectronics, and Casim with the Casimir force of interaction are a consequence of my doctoral research working with Dr. Luke Rodis at Synergy Microwave. Uh, Professor Tatsu Ito Isuele, um, I know he passed last year, and I, you know, it was very unfortunate. Dr. Absin Diaries from Dexter University, Dr. Simon Kohl from IIT Delhi. Dr. Rod and I worked on these new technology for the application current and later generation electronics and communication system. The state-of-art technology are developed in collaboration with, I would like to name them, it's IIT Delhi, Dexter University, UCLA, and many parts which indirectly like University of Romania, and these technologies are patented and secured in favor of Synergy Microwave. I think that's one thing great about you. You're great at partnering with many different people to really take everybody's uh, best technology and expertise and put it together. So you also worked on electro-optical oscillators. How are these architected differently from traditional oscillators, and what advantages do they offer? Very good question. Uh, you know, if you see the uh, last five to ten years, People are working on a you know, whisper gallery mode that gives you very good phase noise performance at 10 gigahertz. Uh, even you can get up to minus 170 degrees per hertz at 10 kilohertz oxide. It was uh, very challenging, very interesting, and a uh, spectral pure. But disadvantage what we have it, a frequency drift, you have to you have to put a certain temperature, then you have to open either things. And then it was not portable for work. And then, you know, whenever you transfer from one place to one other place, then you have to tune it again. Uh, and then you know, industry is looking for a very uh, solution. Everything it can be integrated and give the performance. That's what in investors was looking for. And other disadvantage we have, you cannot tune them uh, because uh, it, it costs a lot of uh, tuning extra peripheral circuits needed for that one. So then electro-optical oscillator, you know, OE Wave and other company developed, they did very great jobs. What our targeting was, how to make wide band tunable, like octave band tunable. So our effort was, like uh, not a fixed frequency development without losing the phase noise performance tune them. So electro-optical oscillator offers significant advantage if I you know, account them like by photonics technology, such as high frequency, large bandwidth, and immunity to electromagnetic interference. With the rapid development of low loss of filters, high off quality factor, optical limiter cavity, and photonic integration technology, integrated circuits, millimeter wave, electro-optical oscillator is feasible to design in compact size and low power consumption. The operating frequency can be extended as high as 100 gigahertz, and these 
features are very promising, which otherwise not possible to traditional microbiological oscillator to date, uh, which we know. The technology offers reliable frequency sources for various practical applications such as communication links, signal processing, radar, metrology, radio astronomy, and reference clock distribution. And one thing I would like to point out, two years back, we had, I think, uh, last IMS symposium before the Boston, probably in 2018, we have demonstrated uh, electro-optic oscillator to enable X-band and K-band. And you and Gary have attended. And so it is, uh, what we did, it, it is different than other what they are doing. It is not fixed frequency, it is octave band tuning. So th that allows us the more leverage to work for the 5G and IoT space. Yeah, that was an impressive demonstration. And then you were able to reduce the size of it. So very quickly, it became possible to productize it. So you also developed some intriguing MEMS switch technologies. What did you work on in that area and how does that benefit MEMS devices? Uh, MEMS, I started during my you know, IT days during 1990. And that time the structure was very big and all the passive and the fabrication and foundry, all this help was not available. But after 20 years, the you know, technology has improved. And if you see the uh, MEMS technology provides uh, in terms of a greatly reduced footprint and lower insertion loss compared to electromechanical switch. Innovation in this area are enabling higher frequency and broader bandwidth than previously possible, which when we are struggling during IIT in 1919 in India. The research and development effort was to overcome the restriction issue of the MEMS contact switch and improve the reliability. Because, you know, it depends on high frequency, it has a, you know, it has a stickness, then it is, reliability was not that good, that's why it's not provided commercial valuable solutions. The research and development effort was to overcome this restriction issue of MEMS contact switch and improve the reliability. The development effort target to use detection ground structure like what we use with secondary switch and metamental inspired capacitive contact to improve MEMS switch performance up to the 100 plus gigahertz range with lower insertion loss and greater isolation than previous design. In addition, using the new patented design technique, the reliability has been improved by designing a new configuration to take advantage of the repulsive Casimiri force that reduces restriction. We have a, a Casimiri force, very intriguing in things. It, it, has, it has automatic attraction, repulsion depends upon how composite material you can align. So we have patented the technology and depends upon composite and using the metamaterial feature, it can develop when two metal contacts at, you know, at very closely in proximity, it develops you know, momentarily like repulsive force that reduces the restriction issue. We have patented the technology, reported three parts of article which you know on this topic in Macro Journal, and ebook also we have published like part one reports on MEMS switch technology, including a new defective ground structures and metamaterial inspired capacitive contact MEMS switch, part two reports method to reduce restriction effects and resistive contact MEMS switch, and part three discusses methods to reduce friction, which is called restriction effects and capacitive contact MEMS switch for applications in modern electron circuit and 5G communications. That uh, overall, which I was struggling during IT day, the, the reliability and failure issue, where most part has been improved and now it is more reliable. So you're very active in the IEEE and you volunteer extensively and you serve as the uh, member of a MTT AGCOM, the APS AGCOM, you're a section chair, a global chair of APS chapter advisory committee, plus you're involved in the IEEE site or special interest group on humanitarian technology and also IEEE HAC, the humanitarian activity committee. Can you tell us about your work there because it's extensive? You know, I was from childhood, I was looking for the platform, whether it's industrial, uh, you know, a 
any profession I would like to take. First, I want, wanted to have a you know, teacher, university professor, then industry, then I went to little establishment. I was always looked for, uh, you know, how to transfer my know-how expertise for home internet application. And I typically, I found a wonderful platform for professional network. And I'll give brief, uh, brief, um, you know, outline, and then you can understand why I was so much driven towards IWM. During my initial career as a scientist in DRDO, which is Defense Research Development Organization, in India from 1991 to 2001, I was very much fortunate to work the Honorable President of India, Dr. Abdul Kalam, who was basically our director, then he became president, who was not only a great scientist, but a mentor, a foreman, a noble person. Under his leadership in the role of director of DRDO and scientific advisor to Indian government, Indian scientists developed many successful projects on a limited budget and record time. In addition to defense projects, Dr. Kalam was involved in many humanitarian technology projects, made untiring efforts to engage, collaborate, and establish a partnership with industry, research establishment, and academic institution for affordable solutions. Dr. Kalam had encouraged me and many young scientists for joining IEEE at that time for professional and volunteering activities. He passed away on July 27, 2015, but his guidance for advancing technology for humanity will remain in my consciousness forever. IEEE taglines, advancing technology for humanity, stimulate us to proceed in a direction to invent the technology and apply those to decipher basic needs found in the underserved regions of the world. IEEE is a truly global professional society with the intended goal to leverage Indian expertise and know-how towards promoting global development. I have served as an ADCAM member of multiple IEEE societies member and chair of several ITPLE global committee, including SITE, which abbreviates a special interest group on humanitarian technology, and HSE humanitarian activity committee. I have been involved in humanitarian activity preceding the creation of ITPLE site. Nevertheless, ITPLE site offered me to global platform to transfigure know-how into sustainable humanitarian project. This is a fundamental differentiation as equated to any other initiative that eventually augment my volunteer service to the professional society. I have experienced and realized the empowerment of volunteering. We are, uh, we are not perfect and have flaws, but each has our positive attributes that together can make a difference by contributing to us advancing technology for humanity. These volunteering services allowed me to serve members and professional community worldwide. In my opinion, IEEE site and HSE is a roadmap that enables volunteering force to work together to arrive at a sustainable approach for advancing technology to make our planet a better place to live for all of us. Additionally, attending under sub-community is a kind of developing the prevailing technology to address humanitarian challenges and civic concerns. One can explore low-cost, affordable existing technology solution to improve the quality of life. However, lack of mindfulness and monetary lucrativeness, these reasons can slow down the dissemination of the existing expertise and know-how. To overcome this, continuing education and training program for the local community can effectively, if organized jointly with IEEE local section, UNESCO, even and WHO. So uh, what I thought, like, look at the example of even uh, COVID pandemic. Uh, with the help of IEEE platform, I could connect over, you know, 200 plus chapter, more than, you know, 50,000 members of the world and supply the, all the, you know, face mark. Uh, even we did uh, with the volunteer school level, making the PPE kit, making the local ventilator, all could do it because that has transferred to local humanity and, and uh, community. Uh, that gives me great, you know, self-satisfaction kind of things. You have many jobs. I don't know how you keep going on all of them at the same time. So can you tell me uh, what future technologies are you most excited about and why? 
uh, we just uh, because there, there are many technology but the current 5g and later generation like 6g plus we uh, i think even 5g not mature people are talking about 6g and 7g if you, if you go for the you know this uh, 5g conference people are already you know anticipating 6g and plus uh, especially the uh, 5g and later generation uh, 6 uh, will enterprise the technology innovation and affordable engineering solution to attain reliable connectivity worldwide which is most important because many parts of the world still is a, like we have an unconnected world to connected world if you go to remote area it's some part of the world is not yet connected so uh, the 5g and iot will give that possibility to connect entire world i am uh, enthusiastic about technology like high frequency signal generation and single processing electronics network operating at terahertz band with a broader spectrum resources artificial intelligence and machine learning virtual reality and augmented reality Internet of Things, Blockchain, Cybersecurity, CubeSats, Sensors, Edge Computing, Quantum Computing, and MIMO Networks will play and be deterministing, of which will create more job opportunity and probably world becomes, uh, even it will reduce the poverty gap. I am currently working on this technology to fulfill the commercial viable solution for 5G and emerging technology. Also file the patent application on few, like optoelectric oscillator using monolithic integrated multi-quantum well laser and phase modulator which will reduce the size. Second is conformal antenna model with 3D printed radomes, broadband metameter enable electromagnetic absorbers and polarization converters to enable band pass filter for multi-wave signals, planar multi-band frequency selective surface with stable filter responses, 5G MIMO antenna array with the reduced Mitchell couplings, micro electromechanical switch with metameteral contacts, four-port uh, multi-port antenna. These technology will be the major uh, models for driving the 5G and 6G communication. And also it will support like, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning, um, and then we have a um, medical field because everywhere you need a physical layer. Uh, to support the physical layer, this component to be ready to the, you know, give the support to the placement of 5G and later generation communications. Well, AJ, thank you very much for talking with me today and sharing your experiences and stories. You've been a great partner, and we look forward to continuing that partnership. You're truly an RF industry icon with all your revolutionary work in the RF and microwave design area, in addition to all your work with activities in the universities in IEEE to improve society, and we thank you for that. For our listeners, please check out our other podcasts and future episodes of RF industry icons at podcast.microwavejournal.com. Thanks for listening today.